1: BronxSpinStripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. Clinch season! George's Box. I'm JJ, he's Keith. It's a good week to be a Yankee fan. We're recording this at 7.30 in the morning on Tuesday because we both have things to do later today. We don't know how Sevy pitched. We don't know if Stanton got activated. But, hey, you might be listening to this really early, 24 hours later. Keith, good morning. How you doing?
2: Hey, good morning, man. Happy Seve Day. September 17th, Seve returns. uh, Six months after we thought he was going to have his first spring training start, now it's time to see Seve start in the Bronx. Crazy to think
1: about. Dude, it's wild. I remember when Seve went down, like when he got injured. I was on Amtrak to new york i had a phone call from like i saw the news on my phone like the twitter the tweet and while i was reading it i got a call from like my boss's boss about like an important work thing they needed me to do and it was just like god damn it's just crap on crap on crap like i remember just like i don't need sevy down and extra work to do at the same time oh yeah exactly I, i remember watching i was watching yes network
2: and it was like came out of nowhere he was supposed to start They showed him warming up, then he gets scratched from the start. And I'm like, oh, here it goes. This is how the season gets ruined.
1: Guys are already getting hurt. We lose our ace. But hey, I didn't think we lost our ace. Like, I thought right away, there was no way. If you told me that day he's not going to start a game until September 17th, I wouldn't have believed you because normally when you hear these things, it's like, it's not he made it to warming up and then he started to feel it. Like, it's either something happens where, like, he throws a pitch and it's like Tommy John. Like, so you're totally yeah. done for a year. Or, like, hey, this is something that's been building up. They don't make it, you know, it, they catch it in a bullpen session. They catch it before he's in full uniform, you know, out there in the outfield warming up. So I would have never guessed it had been this long, but I'm happy he's back. You know, I mean, yeah, we
2: needed arms better late than never. Um, last homestand. It times up that tonight we're both going to the game and it's the Tuesday to start the final homestand. And hey, you know, perfect for the Yankees to sell tickets. Seve returns on a random Tuesday against the Angels when the Angels don't have Mike Trout. They don't have Shohei Otani. And there's the draw to get people in the seats on a Tuesday night in the Bronx.
1: I think it works out to get Seve uh, he should be able to get two. He should be able to get three appearances out of this. With the off days that we have, he can go today. He can go Sunday. And then he can go again either the following Saturday or Sunday because we're not looking for. Uh, also, with the way the playoff schedule works, there's like four off days before game one. And I don't think he's used in a game one or a game two, unless he's lights out in three appearances. But um, so it it kind of works out where he can get, you know, three competitive appearances and a side session in and be ready to go for the playoffs, provided his health holds up. And from everything we've seen in the minors and everything we've heard about it, um, as he's gone through his rehabs this time around, there's been no setback. So, Let's hope he's fingers what crossed, we need. Man. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. It's just all coming together. Let's just take a deep breath. Um, so, before we talk about the games of the week, let's talk about the breaking news that's really shocking the world. Did you know, Keith, that tickets to see the team that has won the most world championships in the history of baseball that currently has the best record in baseball. Did you know the ticket prices are expensive? What? We're t- we're talking about the Yankees? In, in New York City. In New York City, nothing is expensive right? in New York City. It's affordable everywhere. There's been there was a New York Post article this week and I wrote about it on BronxPinstripes.com, where a f- the a fan complained because he went on a kind of tweet tirade of <laughs> Complaining to the Yankees because he, as a 27-year-old who lives on the Upper East Side (laughs) and brings his glove to games, has had season tickets for the last two seasons in the 400 level. And over that time, ticket prices have gone for his 41-game package. We're not talking about a family of four trying to bring their son to a game, their daughter to a game. We're talking about a 27-year-old man with a 41-game package. And, hey, good for him. But uh, in the upper deck, it cost him uh, $1,667 in 2018. Jumped up to $2,067 for this season. And will next year be $2,327. It's a 40% hike over two years. So he did not renew for next season. He did, however buy all the playoff tickets he could for $1,100 <laughs> and said, hey, I am not renewing. I will take the playoff tickets. And the Yankees said, great, that sounds great. But just like in, in exactly the information that we sent to you, when you bought your tickets, you have the right to buy season tickets at as a season ticket holder. However, the price is different if you have tickets next year. So on top of all this money you've spent, here's another $92 we need from you. And he lost his shit and um, went on a tirade. And this article came out and, you know, it came out uh, last Friday. So I'm thinking before I do anything with this, before I write anything, you know, try to make sure I know a little bit more about this guy. And then he tweeted out from his also-season tickets at, Giants, at the Giants and that the Yankees haven't reached out to him to repair their relationship. So, fuck this guy. Yeah, I, I haven't seen his tweets. I saw the one Giants tweet that
2: came through the, um, the group chat. But uh, I, am I supposed to feel
1: bad for this guy? Is anyone supposed to feel bad for this guy? Apparently. Allegedly, you're supposed to feel bad for a 27-year-old who has a 41 game package. <laughs> it's just like,
2: yo, man, are we living in the real world? Like this makes a New York Post article. This guy has his name and his tweets getting this much look, this much talk about like nah, dude, something is backwards here.
1: Well, I think I mean, first of all, it's a New York Post. So it's like there the go. lowest level of news reporting there is. Aside from my – it's literally like the posts and then the only thing below it is like my rants that are like less professional. So like have you ever had a ticket package with the Yankees?
2: No, but I've talked about them for the last few years and I've looked at options for the last few years. My guy Pete in the ticket office probably listening. We've gone through this since 2016. I've done group deals. I've never done the package because, like, I'm I'm blessed. I'm in this Yankee culture, in this Yankee world, where a lot of tickets come my way, or someone will transfer me tickets, or I'll go on behalf of the Yes Network, or Bronx Pinstripes, or even you know, back when I was working corporate, we would be in the Bank of America seats or the Dunkin' Donuts seats. So, like, no, I've never bought a package, um, but I know that you don't have to pay that out in one flat like one lump sum, and no one is twisting your arm.
1: No one is. So there are, <laughs> no one we're talking a 41-game package. There's a 20-game package. There are, you can buy a smaller package and then add on, like, when you need. But when you buy half the tickets, half the home games, it's tough for me to feel bad for you. When you also say that you have... Gone to see the Yankees in Boston, Detroit, Los Angeles, Oakland, Philly, San Francisco, and London. Yeah, he can afford. He can afford to see the how Yankees much? He wants. Like how much? I I don't have like a proper accounting of it, but you went to London too. What's yeah, it? It's like I a, went to L.A. It's like a
2: in the past years I've gone to Chicago, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. I've seen the Yankees on the road a lot. It is never like it's not the cheap. cheapest thing about those trips is if you do land somewhere like. A shitty team that the rates are low. Like if you go to Baltimore, you can sit behind home plate for like a hundred bucks. So, you know, like that's a steal. You can get into the stadium for ten bucks. But flights, hotels, Lyft, Uber, drinks, food, all of that, like you're not just making a trip for the weekend to go see the Yankees play three
1: games without having some funds. It just doesn't go down. I mean, London. Like, all right, from New York to Philly, I mean, you could go back and forth. I mean, he probably came last. It was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday series. So, like, because before that, he was, like, 21 the last time he came. So, if you're going to loop it, I'm assuming all of these trips have to be within the two years that he's had season tickets. Otherwise, they're not relevant yeah. to his article. London itself, if you just did a weekend, like, if you just went for the weekend, And didn't tack on at the beginning or the end like you and I did, which I don't know why someone wouldn't tack on if you're already flying over there. Yeah, it's too far. It's a five. That's a five thousand dollar weekend. Yeah. So,
2: and it's like you have to plan that out, and you have to know, like, you don't just that's just
1: not like a spur of the moment. We're gonna go see the Yankees in London. Yeah, you plan that out well in advance. San Francisco, those flights are not cheap, especially we're talking weekend series back and forth. Like, you just went to L.A. I found out after the fact after I got mad about this guy. This guy also does stadium food reviews. No way. He's got it's, it's even deeper. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't even I didn't realize this until last night when I was putting together the notes. But it's not even necessarily like just this guy. First of all, I have like an issue with anyone who is like, oh, how come you know how come you're charging me this ninety two dollars when it's like flat out in like I had the documentation that says. Just so you know, this price is... And I don't have season tickets, but I have access to this. Just so you know, this is the price. If you don't have season tickets for next year, the price goes up. The difference between not having season tickets and having season tickets is normally way more than $92. So you figure like... Yeah. We're factoring like, what, 10, not even, 8 games at home. So you're talking like $12 a game, and this guy is complaining extra? Get out of here. I think, I think
2: it was just the surprise. And it's, it's going to be funny when we find out that this guy listens to George's box. No, he doesn't But I think it was just us. the surprise factor of the $92. Like, you know when you have a gym membership, and then they tack on that, like, surcharge or that fee that's, a, like, the one time a the year. The annual, yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, the annual fee. And you're like, what is this? I, I'm used to 40 bucks coming out every month not 125 and this guy uh he went on his twitter rant he made the new york post but like my thing is the first thing i said i was like well simple business uh the team's pretty good cost of admission goes up what do you expect we're, we're putting together back to
1: back 100 win teams yeah so that that's the other thing at 25 years old the yankees got within one game of making the world series and the team, we didn't necessarily know where it was going because we didn't have Stanton yet. Because at the price that he got, he likely, at the end of the 2017 season, before we made all our off-season moves, they offer season tickets at a lower price. Like, if you get it the day after... Ab- like, if you got season tickets for next year right now, they're probably cheaper than if you get them in two months because it's a dyna- dynamic pricing system. And so the less tickets there are... The more expensive it is, supply and demand, very simple. But at some point, when he got the sixteen hundred dollar forty-one game package in the four hundred, why not get a twenty game in, like where you could see the game? I don't get that. But at some point, he said to his friends, "If he has any, yo, I got this great deal: sixteen hundred dollars, forty-one games." Like said, he got a great deal. He definitely bragged about. What a great steal it was. And now it's getting back to market value. So no one's going to feel bad for you because you have to pay market value to see the best sports team in the history of sports.
2: And one of the most richest uh, franchises in all of sport. like one of the most, like, like the Yankees are worth more than every other baseball team and a lot of teams in this country. And no one told him, hey, this is your rate forever. You're locked into this $1,600 from now until 10 years from now. That's not a thing. Yeah. And I I, I, I know people, man, I know people with season tickets. I know people with uh, season tickets in the 400 level that are listening to this, and they go through it with their ticket people. I know people with season tickets in the suites, and they go through the same, same thing with the, with the Yankees and no one I mean, I don't know this no one's crying about it besides this guy. No, like I don't think I've seen anyone else come out
1: and talk about it and at least not make headlines. Well, I mean, this is probably just one reporter from the post because like I had an article about me in the post this year not related to the Yankees, where it's just like you have a tweet that goes a little viral. someone from the post reach out to you again, it's yeah, they're looking on Twitter yeah. for stuff. so it ends up being like fifty seven dollars a ticket, which if you think about it to go see the Yankees, if I told you it was fifty seven dollars for a ticket. You'd be like, that's great. But now that $57 is for <clears throat> a Wednesday against the Angels in September, but that's also against the Red Sox on a Friday and a Saturday. So I also want to know, like, it, it says like he runs his whole life around the Yankee schedule, and maybe he does. Maybe he goes to 41 games a year. But you're probably flipping some of those tickets.
2: You're not going to 41 right. games there, a year. Yeah, there's definitely uh, a couple games that he has to, make a profit and then yeah because usually these ticket packages it's plus one at least it's not just one ticket so like every game you find someone that wants to go with you you don't ever sell a pair of tickets or one
1: of the tickets i mean i've known plenty of people who've had either full packages or 41 game packages and part of doing it especially when you're in like your 20s because i've known people who've done it in their 20s is yeah so like i have season tickets and that's great so i have you know 41 games or 81 games you know whatever package but like I don't go see the Red Sox on Friday I don't see you know who have the Dodgers when they come to town the Cubs when they come the to town because that's when like I sell it for triple and then that pays right. for like that week of games so exactly it, this isn't Marlins Park this is Yankee Stadium you can always put
2: them put those tickets on the resale market and cash out um my girl Serena with the Dodgers, Dodgers Stadium ticket holder for years. She sold her Friday tickets for the Yankee Series Players Weekend because the amount of money, it was like too good to pass up. She still went to the game, but she sold her actual seats because people were beasting. People were so hyped and the prices were sky high. It's like, how do you not turn that
1: profit? So I don't know. I don't feel bad for anybody with season ticket uh, season tickets. My uh, My lowest point trying to possibly resell tickets is, couple of years ago my wife told me for her birthday she wants to go see Hamilton and um and this is a Hamilton like I so I went I bought tickets for like seven hundred dollars each or something like that and I had two I took her on a weekend and there were two uh shows that were like in the price that like I wanted to pay and I looked at the Yankee schedule and said for first like oh for the first one the Yankees are home I might be at that game like I might want to go to that game and this is months in advance like this is january and i'm like oh well they're going to be home so i might want to go to that i won't buy these tickets to that uh i'll get the other one ended up being lin manuel miranda's last show like i could have sold those for like seven grand i could have made so much money yeah wow but back to um joey jerkoff here with the the tickets it's not so much just him that i'm bothered by although i did say in the blog my favorite thing is he goes he wrote I no longer feel welcome. Well, yeah, if you're not buying tickets, you're not welcome. <laughs> That's how stadiums work. This isn't a family right. picnic. Paying customers yeah, are welcome. This is a business. Like I don't feel welcome at the Jeez. movie theater if I don't have a ticket. Um, no, exactly. Someone's <laughs> looking at you like, uh, what are you doing here? So it's not just this guy. because. So I wrote the blog, and I put it out there, and I said in that we're on the brink of winning our 28th championship. And a guy said, doesn't it bother anyone this guy said, we're on the brink, look at our pitching flaws, da-da-da-da-da. And that's why I'm here to tell everyone, you're with us or you're against us. It's September 18th yeah, by the what, time this episode what? comes out. We don't have time. We There's nothing we can go, do to the rotation. There's nothing we can really do to the lineup. We have the guys we have. This is how I embraced Mike Tachman because we have – the guys we have. And right now, yeah. as a fan base, we don't need guys saying, What our pitching stinks? How can you say that we're going to win the World Series? Well, then stop fucking watching. You know what? Go to City Field. Justin Summers. <laughs> Go to City Field. If the fucking tickets are too expensive for you, sell them and stay home and watch the fucking Housewives. Because guess what? It is the end of fucking September. We are on the brink of clinching the fucking division. We are going to go in, and right now we're lined up to play the Twins. We're going to steamroll the goddamn (laughs) Twins. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We're going to end up in the ALCS. And you know what? We're going to go up against probably the Houston Astros, and we're going to get that ass. And anyone who thinks anything otherwise, turn off the fucking podcast. Turn off the fucking TV. Do not watch the games. Don't talk about the Yankees. Don't read about the Yankees. Don't think about the Yankees. Because we don't (laughs) have time for anyone to be going on Twitter tirades at the Yankees, hashtag negative anything about the Yankees. Just stop it. Because it's the end of goddamn September. And for a lot of us who are psychopaths, who really love the Yankees, the season started the day the last season ended. We start thinking about the offseason. We start thinking about trades. We start thinking about signings. We cannot have dissension in the ranks of Yankee fans. We are all Amen. together. We are on the goddamn five-yard line right now. We've yeah. driven 95 yards down the field, milk in the clock. And right now, we got a couple of guys who are worried about what play we're running at the five-yard line. Are we going to get the ball to them? Are they going to get their stats so they can get their retweets? Who gives a shit about... The $92 while you live in probably a high-rise on the Upper East Side. And I'll say it. You can't be a white guy complaining about shit while you live on the Upper East Side. You're not allowed to in 2019. (laughs) (laughs) You are not allowed to. And you know why? (laughs) Because I'm a white guy in 2019, and I know I can't complain about anything. And that's just because the world has worked out for us in a way that this guy gets (laughs) to have 41-game tickets. And it's,
2: Yeah, it doesn't work.
1: Like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to complain about the Yankees and their rotation because guess what? The trade deadline was two goddamn months ago. These are our guys. They're all strapped yeah. up every day in that fucking locker room ready to go. They're trying to win games. They're trying to make sure that they're aligned to finish the job. So no one say anything bad about the Yankees or turn your goddamn TV off.
2: I'm fired up, man. I can't wait to go to the game tonight, yo. I'll, I'll say this. I might fist fight uh,
1: an Angels fan tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's uh, it's uh get out of the way time. Um, It's fucking put up or shut up time. We've made it this far, and we've watched this whole season. I don't want to hear about, what was Gary Sanchez doing sliding into second? Fuck that. Get off that. We got who we got. We're going to rock with who we have. We've literally played the most players this year set a record for the the IL stints, played the most pitchers, infielders, outfielders you could imagine, guys that never should have put a Yankee jersey on this year have ended up contributing to the Yankees this year. When I scream replace for 28, when I literally hashtag replace for 28 100 times a day, it's because it's not just next man up. The NFL has next man up. Drew Brees gets hurt. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt. Fucking Sam Darnold has mono, next man up. This ain't next man up. It's deeper than that. We have a mission. Chase for 28 this year turned into replace for 28 this year. And this train ain't stopping. If you look at this squad, everybody knows what time it is. It doesn't matter who hits. Is it Glaber leading us in home runs? Is it DJ breaking out of his slump? Or even someone like Tyler Wade getting hot at the right time? Tyler Wade gets hot? I thought Tyler Wade couldn't hit. I'm done bashing Tyler Wade because these are the guys, and these are the guys we got. I unsubscribe from John Carlos Stan. I'm back on board. I you can't wait to, to see the guy because
1: he's all we have.
2: I can't wait to see the guy. Let's go! It is time. Do you guys not smell the air? Do you not know what fucking time it is? Literally, it's September seventeenth. A month from
1: now, where will we be? Think about it. We're gonna be in the goddamn playoffs. So everybody, get in line. We're shut the fuck up because I'm tired of the shit. Well, we don't have, but you see, our pitching it's pretty weak. Shut up. Let's talk about the week in Yankee baseball. Woo! We started off with a doozy after our last show, Keith. We recorded. I remember we were like, "Holy <laughs> shit!" Guardy goes deep. Yep. Guardy ended up going deep again. Didi hit two home runs. Glaber went Six deep. nothing. Edwin went deep. We lost. We lost <laughs> 12 to 11. And it's one of those ones where I felt good as a fan base because everyone kind of laughed it off and was like, "What the fuck happened here?" And like it's just one of those games where we threw scrubs out there to pitch. We put mm-hmm. scrubs on the mound, guys who aren't going to see the ball in the playoffs. We had Otavino and Britton go out there, and neither one of them gave up a run. Everyone else gave up runs. All those guys, except for Ryan Dahl, who's not even on the team anymore at this point, these guys aren't (laughs) going to see time in the playoffs. You just got to let that go. You got to let that run off your back. Unfortunately, the next day, we get rained out. So we come out, and we have a doubleheader, and we are the greatest doubleheader team in the history of doubleheaders. For sure. Yeah. Um, We're better, like... It's insane how good we've been in double headers this year, especially with all the injuries. We win 10-4. Jay Happ has a, uh, four two-thirds innings, two earned runs. I'll take it compared to what we've seen before. Voigt yeah. goes deep, 449 feet. Edwin Encarnacion hits a home run, leaves the game with a strained left oblique. We find out after the game that he's got a strained oblique. We don't know what it's going to be, so we're going to send him back to New York. And guess what? We're sending Hap back to New York too. He's got a bi- he's got some bicep tendinitis, but we're not worried about it. We're not that worried about Edwin. Is the initial things we say. So everyone's kind of worried. It's getting late in the day, and it was one of those. It was a single admission. We're gonna play one game. Thirty minutes later, we're playing the other game. So uh, when you're at work, you're like. Tracking the game, and then also like the second game's kind of starting. You're trying to wrap up. It's one of those confusing days as a fan. We win six four. CC gives us three and two thirds innings, two earned runs, strikes out five. Domingo Herman goes four innings behind CC, zero earned runs. Judge hits a home run. He runs into the wall, scares the shit out of us. Gary Sanchez tries to steal second base like an idiot in the rain, and tightens up his groin. Now, I'm an, I say like an idiot because I think it was a dumb move, but guess what? Once I say that, I'm over it because now we just yep. hope for Gary to get back. Gary and Edwin, we want them back. It was a tough day to win two games. You, you know, you were trying to fucking close out this division, but to lose those two guys and to see Judge run into a wall, we all took a deep yeah. breath in Detroit. It was a scary game to watch, and I, I've said on
2: this podcast in the beginning of the year when we lose guys, it's like watching a horror flick. It's like watching a scary movie. You're just waiting for the next bad thing to happen, and we got out of it with a win. Uh, I really don't think the injuries were as bad as they looked. I think the panic on Twitter and uh, people talking about like the decisions that uh, like Gary made or you know Judge running into a wall, whatever. It's just like we we add more to it than it actually is. Uh, Detroit sucks. No one wants to go there. There are 5,000 fans that showed up for the doubleheader didn't even want to be there. And it was cold. It was rainy. The whole time the second game was going on, all I wanted to see in the second game was a win. I wanted to see DJ break out of his slump. And I wanted to see what Mingo looked like coming out of the bullpen. Good. Get these guys out of there. I did not want to see our guys uh, potentially get hurt. It was like, okay, we're wasting a lot of time in Detroit on this scrub-ass team. At this point in the season, we can't afford to lose anybody else. We got out of there, and I'm fine with the results. Um, like Edwin, I think Edwin is fine. I think it was just like a tweak. Gary, Gary's had an uh, issue with his groin. He he's been through it. It's not a you know, it's not like a new injury. And Hap is is good with his little bicep thing. He's back, um, slated to pitch this series coming up. So it's all is well that ends well. So here's we dip out. what
1: I say about Edwin: is he was at CC Sabathia had an event yesterday, and yeah. Um, he got, he got stopped, I guess, like on the red carpet and someone asked, you know, how he's feeling. And he said, I'm feeling better every day. I expect to be back before the end of the regular season. I'm ready to go for the playoffs. Also, I haven't swung a bat or done any baseball activities since this injury. Uh, but I'm fine with that because here's the thing. Edwin Encarnacion is 36 years old. He's got like a twenty-something million-dollar contract for next year that the Yankees are not going to pick up, so he's going back in. It's a free agent market. This is his last big payday. Uh, he's not going to get it in the free agent market. Like this is his probably last like twenty million-dollar contract because we just don't they don't pay aging stars anymore. So this is it. Like this is this might this is his shot he to knows. win a World Series, and he knows, and he's doing exactly what I've said I wanted people to do all year. Fucking nuts on the table. I'm out here. I don't care if he's grimacing in pain. That motherfucker can hit the shit out of the ball. So yeah, he's ridiculous. So let's and, let's ride. I'm ready to ride Edwin Encarnacion with half an oblique or however those muscles work because we know I don't have them. And all the way to the promised land, all the way to the canyon of heroes. You want to be a Dominican yeah. no. king in the Bronx? Let's do it, Edwin. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know Edwin knows what time it is, and that parrot that parrot is going to want to take a walk in the Bronx Zoo. In the postseason, when that stadium is lit like that, you know Edwin's going to step up there and put one out, put a bunch of them out. I really can't wait to see what he does in the postseason. I think he's the type of guy, like, he's not going to be affected. Steps up. By Steps the fact up in the bright that it's, lights. Yeah, he's not going to worry about, oh, it's it's game five. We're down two runs. He's going to come up and mash. So I'm ready to see Edwin's performance In the pinstripes. He's going to definitely have his Yankee moment in the postseason and then go on his way. And
1: here's, like, I don't, I think Boone maybe took some of the blame and said, like, yeah, I sent Gary. Kind of weird move there to send Gary. I think maybe Gary, I think Gary went on his own. I think Gary so was feeling I. himself a little bit. It was like, ah, I'm going to sneak one in there. It's kind of always funny. Yo, Cameron Mabin stole two bags, and Gary it gave Gary the idea. He was like, okay, Mabin's got two. I can get one. Yeah, and when you're a guy who doesn't steal bases, it's like, ah, oh, late in the season, Detroit, they stink. I'm going to snag one here. This will be funny. Like um, David Ortiz used to do it like once a year. He'd sneak in that yep. one stolen base. Everyone would have a laugh about it. You know, maybe bang on the dugout, whatever the hell he do, would do after a steal.
2: In 100-loss de, in Detroit in the cold in the rain, Gary's going to show he's not fat and lazy and steal a bag.
1: Yeah. So, like, do you? But I think that we are – I think we're going to be fine with Gary too because what you would sit him for in the regular season versus what you would sit him for in the playoffs are dramatically different. And so if they want to sit him – for another week, I don't give a shit. Don't let him play this entire homestand. Bring him back. Have him sit the whole the Tampa two games. Bring him back in Texas. Get him a couple at-bats. Because here's one thing that I know about Gary, and I don't have the stats behind it because I'm an eyeball guy. Gary Sanchez sits out a bunch of games. He comes back and he mashes. Time and time oh, again. Yeah. I was just about to He's say. going, are you... I I honestly feel bad for whoever we play in the first round if we were to sit him till the Texas series and let him get like a couple at-bats in that series because he'll he'll probably hit six home runs in three games.
2: Yeah, he's a hungry guy when he comes back. If he misses time, he comes back and and he matches and he releases El Kraken. Gary Sanchez is fine, and similar to Edwin Encarnacion when we talk about eyeball tests, those guys are just hitters, and they're going to come up and hit. And not like strike out or hit a little. Like they're gonna come up and hit bombs. So I'm not worried about about my man Gary. He's gonna he he knows what time it is too. This was supposed to be his like redemption year, and he knows like two two groin injuries suck. Um, he's been beat up all year. He's been hit by pitch. He's had uh batters' bats swing back and hit him. When the postseason comes, Gary Sanchez is not missing any time and. If he wants to miss the last couple of weeks, we got the best backup catcher in the league and the best backups
1: backup catcher in Higgy. So, let's rock, man. Plus, Gary can rest up that groin for three months. We win a World Series. He doesn't have to lift right. the weight the whole offseason. I don't give a shit, dude. You can sit on the couch all year. But, right now, it's go time. We're at the five-yard line. I know it. You know it. Edwin knows it. Gary knows it. We're ready to rock. So, we get out of there. We take... Two of three, we lose a silly game uh, in extra innings. And then we, uh, we go to Toronto, which, like, I don't love going to Toronto. We didn't play Toronto well this year um, in Toronto. Sorry. They have a young core that is going to be, you know, between Bo Bichette and, uh, and Vlad Vladdy Jr. and Biggio's kid. And uh, they traded – they got Derek Fisher from Houston who never got, like, regular playing time but, like, won a World Series with them. So now he gets some regular playing time. Like, he could be a problem too. They're building a young Randall core. Randall
2: Grichik thinks he's a Yankee killer. And it's confirmed, bro. Like, he, Yan- like when you talk about Yankee killers, it's, t- it's just about guys that have turned it on against us. I haven't seen any other Randall Grichik highlights this year besides when he plays the Yankees. So, I mean, they've got the young core and they've got some pieces around them. Um, it sucks going to the Rogers Center like that. Just that, that stadium is ass. And then you I don't like indoor country. baseball. I don't like it. Yeah, no, I, I've never been to the Rogers Center. That's another place I got to cross off the uh, stadium list. But um, I know every time we go there, I'm not pumped about the Yankees playing there. And, you know, guys like Bichette, we gave them that first that first game Friday night sucked ass. I stayed up until 11, whatever it was. And I was so tired watching that. But we kept giving them chances and kept giving them chances. And I, I think I tweeted. I'm like, we must be trying to get walked off. And you give a guy like Bo Bichette, he, he's a savage. He, he's, uh, he's, making he's such a name He's one of the best young himself. players in the league. <laughs> you give that guy a chance, he's going to walk us off. So whatever. Let them celebrate, right? The, the Tigers, Hunter lost team, walked us off first game of the series. Fine. That's, their, that's literally their World Series game seven for this year. Toronto. Walks us off first game of that series. Bo Bichette, their their young champion. Good. Let them have it. They're irrelevant. They're
1: done. In two weeks, no one's talking about them. Exactly. You know, it'll be all like, oh, well, can they make a run at it, you know, next year and the year after? And maybe they're not going to. But we lose that game 6 5. Tanaka goes five innings, gives up four earned runs. Not great. Um, Yeah. There was a five run. We scored five runs in the fifth inning without hitting home runs, which is good. I like to see that you know, sprinkled in where we're not just reliant on the home run. Uh, And really, the only notable thing in that game is their pitcher, Mayaza, with his arm. That was crazy. It reminded me kind of of uh, Tony Saunders uh, in 99 with the Rays. He threw a pitch, and his arm, like, snapped. It was, like, physically, like, broke. Um, It's tough to see. it's, It's tough to see a grown man kind of go down. He hits that, like... That squad, you can see him kind of crying too, because when something like that happens, you've got to wonder like, is my career over? Like, that's, you know, your, your yeah. mind immediately goes to a that, negative yeah. place. Like, how am I going to build back from this? This could be a year. And it's a year on uh, the positive side. There was just a guy who got called up by the Nationals who hadn't pitched in the big leagues in like four years because he had Tommy John and then had setbacks and like had to have another Tommy John. Now he's in his 30s. He was in double A. They called him up as, like, the rosters expanded and he got to pitch again in the big leagues. But it could be a long road back. And that's one thing I feel bad about. It's tough. I don't feel bad when a guy like David Price, especially if they're a Red Sox, um, but when you've got, like, a $200 million contract and you get hurt, I don't feel bad for you. When it's guys who are, like, fringe players or maybe making a million dollars a year a couple years ago or something like that or a half a million dollars and then they've got to work their way back, that's when, like... The boy in me is like, oh man, like that's your big league dream. Uh,
2: yeah, it's crushing to see. But um, on another note, how do you feel about Tanaka, bro?
1: I believe in Tanaka. I believe that he will come out and you know when it's time for the playoffs, I feel like he's going to shove. I feel like when you know it, it was a it was a bad start. It's not what you want to see, uh, especially against uh, a bad team, but. We're going to see Tanaka come back again in a couple of days. And I believe in him being able to, you know, give us those games where, you know, right about now, like everyone's maybe questioning Tanaka a little bit, but then all of a sudden he'll come out and be like, here's seven innings of two hit ball and hand it over to the bullpen. Um, Or he could come out. There's a chance he comes out and gets shelled again and then does it again. But, you know, even in that, that Blue Jays game, to make the fact that he made it five innings, like he didn't have his stuff, um, and I feel like it's a thing we do say a lot about Tanaka. It's like, well, he really gutted it out without having his stuff. We need him at this point to have his stuff, uh, but I, I still believe in him. I still believe that he he's yeah. going to be fine. He should be. I,
2: I hope we get postseason Tanaka. There will be no gutting it out in the postseason. Like we're not going to let him, you know, stay out there if he's giving out giving up runs. But I, I need at least one more solid start out of him before I feel confident handing him the ball. A lot of people were saying game one starter. I think that's not a thing anymore. Um, Before we hand him the ball, game two, game three, I need to see like solid Tanaka. And we know his postseason history. He's a guy that knows it's October. He's going to give us good starts in the postseason. But he's been kind of shaky lately where I'm like, uh, I don't don't know. I don't know where we run him out there in a postseason series. Game three, I I don't know. I I still
1: have him at game two because he pitches so much better at home. And in the event that we lose a game one, um, I'm still open to Herman for Game One, uh, but yeah. also as we learned on Saturday, Paxton is, is good at, at ba- Maple James. He's good at he's good at baseball again. We went thirteen to three. He got his ninth straight win, five innings, winner and run. Gardner another two home runs. Do you think Gardner's gonna be a pop for steroids or something at some point? <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, I mean. It's, I don't a it's a lot of them already no he these things admitted, always he admitted come like a month game. later
2: nah he admitted after the game he's like I don't know it's like he's like maybe it's the harder balls like he he knows that this power surge is coming from Rawlings um I think we're looking at the same guardy we've always seen, but he's just a little more pissed off a little more fired up this year from the you know let Brett bang um to that whole thing which is now past us but he's still carrying that like chip on his shoulder he was zero for four the the night before and then he comes out and does that so uh i I love guardy man i've started the whole um (laughs) guardy 2020 elect re-election party it's i think it's a done deal that he'll be back in 2020 but
1: what do you what do you what do you think is a deal that we give gardner after this year
2: i think it honestly could be a two-year deal to try and like Say, hey, man, we're like, all right, we know, you know, at 36, I think he's 36. 36, you showed us you had the career year. We're going to give you next year and another year, and then it's going to be at a reasonable price. I'm not exactly sure what the price will be, but I don't think it's just a, another one year deal. What's he making? Yeah,
1: Brett Gardner just turned uh, 36 during this season, and this season he is making $7.5 million. I thought it was around seven. um, we do have. Oh, and then we, well, he made seven and a half million, but we also paid him $2 million because we didn't pick up his option. So he's making nine and a half this year. And I think as they negotiate, they kind of factor that in. It's one of those things where, I mean, I could see him on like a two year, $15 million contract with yeah. the idea being that we all know there's a good chance you come out next year and you're not good and then that next year like we're paying you for nothing cuz we might not even keep you on the team you might retire you know whatever it is but it is when you're talking about Brett Gardner and the Yankees like negotiations there are just the ultimate just bluff off cuz it's like Brett you don't want to sign anywhere else we also don't want you to sign anywhere else so right. how do we how do we make this work where you don't feel like it's a slap in the face but yeah,
2: there's a there's a video floating around with Cashman um, talking about Gardner's situation. Uh, I think the Yes Network put it out. It's on Facebook, probably Twitter, Instagram, and um, I think it's just the, the timing of them putting out that video talking about you know getting a deal done with Guardy is basically because he's played so well recently and he's had so many headlines this year, and he's the type of guy that you know everyone rallies around. That you know they're just confirming that hey he'll he'll be back next year.
1: Also, I mean, I think when. This is, you know, it, it's Judge's team. You know, like Judge is, is the face of baseball, but he ha- it's not fully his team yet because of the injuries over time. So with CC gone, I mean, Gardner can go out there and be – and, I, you know, when, when the nerds do their stats, they say that Gardner's play has been worth over $24 million this year. So he knows yeah. that and his agent knows that. But really, Gardner, if he puts up half – the home runs that he put up this year, next year, he's still that veteran leader. That CC yeah, is and leaving.
2: We need the veteran, and not just at the plate, man. He makes diving stops. You know, prevents runs. And with our outfield having injuries, Judge missed time. Uh, Stanton obviously missed the whole year. Now Talkman is done for the year. Having Gardy, you know, be able to play center and play left and play it better than any of our other outfielders is huge for us.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Void also goes deep. Glaber just, God damn it, keeps going deep. Mike Ford goes deep. Uh, and then we come out on Sunday. And it was uh, also a weird game because we lose 6-4. Sunday games are tough this time of year because, you know, football. I mean, football's on. So people are trying to, like, kind of split their attention. Uh, we Jordan Montgomery comes back, goes two innings, three earned runs. Not great. But first time back, he'll get a couple more opportunities to go out there. I don't know that he factors into the postseason plans. But he does factor into our plans for the future. So it's good to see him back out there. Dylan Patances comes back yeah. <laughs> after winning. So I was wrong about Stanton. It should have been Dillon, who has now won a double-A world championship this year. And is now coming back to win a major league world championship. Goes eight pitches two batters, two strikeouts, got so excited after the second strikeout, lost count of the outs, and started skipping to the dugout. <laughs> he was walking and off. And I don't know if they said, we're giving you two batters, we're giving you two, you know, we're giving you ten pitches, whatever it is, but right away, Boone comes out and gets Patances. Um And I think it's the right move from a – whether it was fully planned that, like, hey, you're only going eight pitches, or – uh, you're, you're a little too excited right now. Let's get you out of here after you've had your two strikeouts. You lost track of how many outs there are. We'll bring you back in a couple days. Uh, and Ben Heller, also, he got shelled his first time out this year, but again, he's a hard-throwing guy. Can hit 100. Yeah. Two innings, no earned runs. So you're starting to see some of these guys who we've talked about all year now coming in with you know kind of fresh arms and sorting themselves out. Hopefully, Montgomery can do the same thing and you know, sort out whatever he's got going on, and, and be in contention for a spot on this postseason lineup. Although I think Dylan's going to be there. I Heller has a shot. I don't think Jordan Montgomery comes back. But overall, kind of mixed feeling game there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I didn't care about that game. The highlight we needed from the the game was the eight pitches we saw from Dylan. It's dope to have his big six eight ass back in this uh, bullpen, and you know, be able to deploy him. We've seen it for years. Dude is an all-star. Everything is coming together. This is a perfect time. You know, people want to talk about the pitching all year. Well, you know, now we get and Batances back. What does that do?
1: I mean, so now the conversation, I know Scott and Andrew actually talked about this too. He came in in like the the fifth inning, something like that. Let me check. Yeah. But he, um, when you bring a guy in who's now like, I mean, he's the eighth inning guy. That's who Dylan Batanzas has always been. And now, yeah, he's coming in in the fourth inning. I wonder how we bump him back kind of as things go, because if he's good, I mean, I want him over Zach Britton. You know, like where it's going to be interesting to see how the back end of this bullpen really shapes up, because you had a Batanzas again to the mix, and hey if you give me five innings of one earned run as a starter in the playoffs thank you yeah you're the greatest yep. i love you I'll, we can wrap this thing up after yeah I'll, that. Yep. I'll kiss you on the mouth um it is and it's also because the one thing i think people forget as we talk about rotations and who's going to start what game and and all this stuff is like so much of it doesn't really matter like there is, like, and, and yes, you want to have, like, a Verlander who's going to go out there. Verlander's going to shove. Verlander is probably the only pitcher in baseball who could still, like, if his manager's coming out, can pull a Mucina and say, no, you stay in the dugout. Um, everyone else, like, you got a guy on second. Someone's up in the bullpen because there are too many good arms, too, spe- too many specialists in the bullpen for teams to screw around, so... I think although our starting pitching isn't the strongest part of us, I I do think that the combination of that and our bullpen is way more than enough to win the World Series.
2: Yeah, and the combination of just like it's our time, um, whether we get home field advantage or not, which I think we will, no one wants to come play in the Bronx. And I don't know. I just think it's, it's been 10 years, man. We've been talking about it all year. Everyone knows what time it is. We're the best team in baseball. We've been the best team in baseball. I think we get it done. I mean, I know we get it done with the guys that we have, but I think that we we figure it out no matter who's out there. Um, we've, we've got so much talent, whether it's the, the bullpen, the starters, um, our regular everyday guys. I'm all in, obviously.
1: So that's been the weekend in Yankee baseball. We've got Seve back on Tuesday night. Um, we've got Edwin, again, feeling better every day. We're hoping he's back before the end of the season. Um, I, I think he's really going to – I think he's just going to sack up and be able to do it. And then the biggest, you know, mystery out there is when does Stanton come back? You know, is Stanton going to be able to come back and be the Giancarlo Stanton that we've all hoped that he would be? Is Giancarlo Stanton going to come back? And need a week to get ready. But I think at this point, sitting here on a Tuesday, when the talk was he could rejoin us for the next homestand, my hope is that after we're done recording this, at some point, the Yankees say, We've activated Giancarlo Stanton. Because if he can get, if he's not 100%, and he maybe isn't in, I can play a full game uh, right now, if he can go out and play the field for five innings and get two at bats or maybe get a couple DH at-bats. I'd rather he's taking his DH at-bats at the major... He's taking his at-bats at the major league level than facing instructional league pitching down in Tampa. I think it's time to shit or get off the pot. There are only so many games left on the schedule, only so many opportunities for Stanton to see a major league pitcher throw the ball. And I mean, for some of the teams we're playing down the stretch here, it's hardly major league pitching. But... Get him in there and let's see what he's got because if we're pushing him and his body's not ready, uh, fuck it. Still push him, let him get re-injured, figure it out in the offseason. But right now, five-yard line, all hands on deck. I'm really hoping to see Stanton activated today and for this homestand. And give him days off, but get him back in there. It's a shot in the arm I think the team needs, the fan base needs because we are in the dog days of September. Yeah, my
2: alerts are on. I resubscribed. Uh, I'm waiting for that alert to say that the Yankees activate former MVP, multiple time all star left fielder, you know, John Carlos Stanton. I I need this guy to be what he's worth. I need this guy to be that beast that we signed a couple years ago to be a part of the baby bombers, to be a part of this team. Uh, It's literally the week. So whether it's tonight, whether it's tomorrow, whether, you know, whenever it is um this guy in there and if we don't really know we don't know if he's still kind of hurt or nursing anything but it's now or never um if you're in show us that you're in if you're out uh, or you end up pushing it and end up being out that's fine but it's put up or shut up time you're a 325 million dollar man you wanted to come to new york to be a part of a championship team this is the championship team like be a
1: part of it now pull an edwin and sack up um I mean, that's all we got for around the world of Yankee baseball. I mean, we are sitting here, the magic number's three, getting ready to clinch. Then you start, once you get the clinch done, uh, one thing that I love is the day after the clinch. So, like, let's say we were to win tonight and the Rays lose, and then we win tomorrow, uh, like that Thursday lineup. Like, I always like to see what's that lineup the day after. Yeah. Um, just because that's how you know who's hungover. <laughs> you know, who's not in the line. You yeah. know, that's when you get that Tyler Wade in center field game.
2: Yeah, man, I'm going to the game tonight. I had, I had hoped that we took another game. Like, I didn't think we were going to lose a series to the Blue Jays. I had hoped we took another game from the Blue Jays so that we could clinch tonight, like Sevy's return and then clinch tonight. Um, I think we're, I think we're in line to clinch the wild card. Obviously, we're not going to be in the
1: wild card. Um yeah it's like if we win and the Indians lose we clinch like the second wild card but no one's really celebrating that obviously yeah. but it's still
2: clinch season it's still part of you know clinching so I mean I'll probably have to get tickets to Wednesday Thursday I was telling somebody I was like I'm going to the game Tuesday Friday and Sunday but we're going to probably clinch somewhere in Wednesday Thursday so I might end up having to just go over there I mean when was the last time we won the east 2012
1: seven years yeah. ago yeah it's, been, it's a been a long time i have a video on my youtube i happened to be at that game like i wasn't doing anything on the internet i just was like took a video of it i was so excited um that also the rays are playing the dodgers so it's like interesting they, they're <laughs> at, at yeah. los angeles so it's like luckily we're not two the elimination number is not two because it would stink If we won, and then it's like, well, they're playing till one o'clock. You got to see what happens then. And like a lot of fans are asleep. Right. Or junkies like me and you are like just sitting up waiting for like a 1 a.m. clinch of a game that like we don't really want to watch. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely not going to watch that game or stay up for it. I hope it just
2: works out in our favor. We can have a party Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whenever it might be. Wednesday,
1: they play at 8 o'clock Eastern. So it's like that game's over at like 11. Um, I feel like it's going to be like a a Wednesday clinch, maybe a Thursday clinch, but I'm feeling – I'm really feeling Wednesday. Yeah, I think Wednesday. I mean, we
2: we win tonight. They lose. And then it's also like – right now we have they have 97 wins the dodgers yeah so they're a game um, behind
1: so it's weird because like are we cheering for them no never so yeah it's it, it's a tough it's a tough situation uh to be in where it's an embarrassment of riches um so keith's favorite topic the mlb power rankings yeah now people just hit me up to tell me hey we're number one I'm like keep that shit i told you i told you three weeks ago i wasn't concerned you've with that. become the face of angry power rankings fans like people are it's not you because like you're doing a show here but people think you're actually triggered so that's why they send it to you like right away um yeah and the thing is i i said it on my twitter we
2: struggle against two 90 plus loss teams we lose two key players like edwin and gary we have a down week for the New York Yankees. It's always good to be a Yankee fan, but this would be considered a down week that just passed. And now with two weeks left in the regular season, they throw us a number one ranking. And I'm just like, like, what does that do? I don't want it. Keep that shit. It's like they lost credibility with me. And then for them to crown us now, after we lost two games to the Blue Jays, lost, got walked off by the Blue Jays, got walked off by the Tigers, guys get hurt. It was a down week for us. Then they say, okay, yeah, you guys are the best. You're the number one team in the league. It's like, all right, whatever now. Nah. I mean,
1: it shows that there's just like no rhyme or reason to this.
2: It's straight for clicks. It's straight for clicks. And that's what that's what I knew uh, a month ago. And that's what I knew when we went and beat the Dodgers. I'm like, okay, if we go and take a series from the Dodgers and we're, we're ranked third, like how does that work? And now that we go and lose to two scrub-ass teams, we're number one. Um I'll say this. I really do feel we're going to get home field advantage. I know that the Astros own the tiebreaker. Um, We're neck and neck right now. 98 wins, 98 wins. I really do feel that part of this season and part of this World Series that we're going to win uh, involves a game seven being in the Bronx. And I I really do see us figuring out in the next two weeks how to win one more game. It ain't got to be two. It ain't got to be three. It ain't got to be five, six. It's got to be one more game than the Astros to claim home field. And I'm not even counting the Dodgers in it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I haven't really been super worried about home field for the World Series because it's just like so far down the line to worry about, like so many other things have to happen. The Astros do have a kind of favorable schedule. I mean, they we play the Angels in Texas. They play the Angels in Texas, but they have – seven games against the Angels with no Mike Trout, two games against the Mariners. Their schedule is uh, a bit easier than the Yankees um, just because those are soft teams that have really nothing to fight for, whereas, and and I don't know, maybe it's East Coast bias. Maybe they really get up for each other. But, you know, Tampa's going to be fighting, you know, still to make sure that they have home field in the playoffs when we play them. The Blue Jays just beat us, so they're motivated to prove themselves. You know, those are tied... Five tough in-division games that we have. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, the power rankings, it's just – it's like when I'm doing stadium meets. It's like I take a bite, and what do I feel? There's not necessarily, like, a science (laughs) to it. They're just guessing. Um, What else we got? I mean, we are just seeing – NFL yeah. quarterbacks go down, but the stars of baseball are also going down. Um, last week, we had Baez, Bucks. <laughs> I love that you put you keep putting Mike Talkman in the middle of like these stars <laughs> of the game. I, I
2: count Mike Talkman with the all-stars of Major League you Baseball. Know, Mike Tuchman, he's out for the
1: season two. Mike Talkman, Otani, Mike Trout, <laughs> Lucas Giolito, reigning NL MVP, Christian Yelich, and Mike Talkman, same category. Don't forget the Sockman, he's out for the season too. Yeah, I mean Yeah, they're all A-list superstars.
2: I went. I mean that's our only guy. I mean and then I guess you can also throw Aaron Hicks in there cuz he's done for the year. Um But, you're, but I, I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about Yellich yeah. really with this because with all the guys that we're seeing get um, shut down for the year, whether it's an injury um, that could take them a couple weeks, and the time isn't there, or if they need you know actual surgery or whatever. Yelich um, busts his kneecap, Ugh. and uh, I, th- I think ESPN just chose their words the wrong way. But he tweeted out last night a screenshot from his phone, like he's getting the ESPN alerts, and it read: "Christian Yelich had pity party. Reigning NL MVP says his fractured kneecap is the first real injury." He has had in his life so i think that you know him quoting the tweet and saying so we're resorting to out of context quotes for clicks these days at espn he was in his feelings a little bit but you don't know who's writing these little alerts that pop oh up. i could tell you, you who's know. writing them
1: it's like some 25
2: year old jerk off like that's what I've i mean right it's people- like literally they like that job to like fill out the app headlines or write the copy that's going to go out like that is just somebody not using their words correctly there is no pity party for the reigning NL MVP the brewers are still in it and they're actually rallying around him guys like Ryan Braun wearing his jersey underneath his jersey and hitting home runs like the brewers are still in it there's no pity party going
1: on yeah I mean the I know the guy who does these for bleacher report and like It's just whatever he chooses to do. Like that's what. It's just some guy who's like twenty-eight. Sometimes
2: these go out with typos. Sometimes these go out and they're they're just little blurb headlines to grab attention. So someone put in like quotations, pity party with Yelich, and Yelich got in his feelings. Like, yo, what are you trying to say? I love that he called them out. Um, (laughs) I, I love that we even have social media and Twitter and things like this for these athletes to fight back.
1: Yeah, it's. Like, you got to stand up for yourself when you see that going out there. because they I, And I didn't read the article, but he probably was asked, like, hey, how's this injury? And he's like, it's probably tough. You know, it's tough. It's the first time I've really gone through something like this. And then probably had a whole other thing about, like, but I believe in my team or whatever. And they're just like, oh, man, poor guy. He's just feeling bad for himself. You know? Yeah, no,
2: I don't think – I think Yelich is fine. You know, it sucks that he's out and now Cody Bellinger's probably going to win the MVP, but there was no pity party. They're still playing games. They're still fighting for the wild card and the Brewers got other guys. So
1: yeah. Anyway, I don't feel bad for anyone going through any injuries, but I'm pretty sure we all, uh, we all knew that. And then last, just in the weird, weird, weird world of baseball, especially late season baseball, especially Oakland A's late season baseball, where things always are weird. Mike, Fire is it? Is it Fires? Mike Fires, yeah. Yeah. Um. Comes out with a one sideburn that goes under his chin and around to almost make the letter G on his face. I mean, if you watch baseball or live in this world, you've seen this.
2: Yeah, you probably caught it. I posted it because I was like, "Whose man's is this? What is he doing?" Like. He clearly was looking for attention. It looked like a fucking monkey tail on his face. (laughs) And I'm like, why would you even like, why would you do this? And it's funny, the way the baseball gods work, the way like the universe works, he comes out there with that on his face and then he gets pulled from his start due to injury. He got hurt the same start that he decided to play a little joke. He said like, oh, we're in the dog days of September. I wanted to just do something to, you know, make the guys laugh. Yeah, but you end up getting hurt, so shave that shit. He, he shaved by the end of the game.
1: Yeah, he said that he was dared to do it by his teammates who wanted to distract them from the monotony of September baseball. Um, you know, listen, I, I can't tell you how to run your business all the time, but right now they have a one-game lead on the Rays for home field in the wild card game. What are you doing fucking around? Like, baseball's a very – there is no physical tie to that facial hair and him having uh, some pain in his arm. But you don't make it to the major leagues without knowing about the baseball gods. Like, you can't, right. you can't be out there getting cocky and doing some weird shit. You're trying to You're trying to make it to the playoffs. You're trying to get home field so people can bang their drums for that one game. But what are you no, doing?
2: Yeah, I said he was definitely trolling. Like he was looking for the internet attention. And you got the attention, but you also got hurt. So like, is that injury going to linger? I can't wait for the Oakland A's to be one and done. Have their little wild card uh, game again. We've seen that a bunch of times. Playing the wild card game and be done. Get the fuck
1: out of here. I'm surprised that like Bob Melvin wasn't just like, might not have what noticed because if you just seen him on one side, if you just seen him on the on the
2: on his right side, you'll notice that the whole left side is shaded. And who
1: knows? I mean, you don't know how they go about their business. Like they might, you know, on the, uh, game day, he might not talk to his starting pitcher. But I imagine, like uh, maybe it's the old boring white guy in me. But if I'm the manager nope. and um. I see my starter come out out of the bullpen after his warm ups, uh, with that,
2: I. That's horseshit. <laughs> what are you I'd doing? I would never go down in, in Yankee Stadium. That's not the Yankee way. We have a facial hair policy, so guys can never make a random like I don't know like curved dick on their face with their <laughs> facial hair. That
1: facial hair would not make it out there for a second inning. I'd be like, dude, you got shave in between innings. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's been what's going on in the league. I did have you put out a tweet yesterday of you looking like a young Michael B. Jordan. Had me saying, "Where's Wallace?" <laughs> yeah that was that was when i was a little more hood i was i was a gangster back in the day i had
2: the the cornrows i had the tall tees uh i used to go to uh go to the movies and hang out with the hoodlums and just loiter and uh like steal chromies off of people's cars and just find little things to get in trouble with you know i was reckless aside from
1: uh, the (laughs) cornrows you were pretty much the exact same
2: like that's what nicole said she's like she's like your face hasn't changed that much like you still look the same i'm like
1: I don't think No, I meant so, me and you, like our childhood. Like, I was wearing tall tees. Like, I'm waiting. <laughs> oh, I'm waiting for fashion to get away from all this tight shit back to like 1998 <laughs> NBA All Star weekend. Like, when are we wearing jerseys yeah. again? Um, so, I had asked you a bunch of questions about your hair earlier in the season. And you pointed out in the tweet that you had the braids to the side. Yeah. And so, I just, I was curious how um like how do you determine which way to have your braids go because i've seen people with just cornrows that go straight back uh like porzingis yeah. um i've now seen <laughs> like you porzingis. with kind of like, like Bo yeah, you had like that <laughs> kylie you Jenner. had that the almost like the comb over you had like the used car salesman comb over yeah. of all right so boom let me break it down
2: it's like this right everybody has that generic like cornrow straight back like that's what you see you see the white girls go on vacation and just straight back braid their hair they go to jamaica for 10 bucks someone yeah because it is just pulling it's literally the tightest braid to your scalp your hair is being pulled i for picture day thought i was swaggy And I was like, all right, I'm going to wear my Jason Kidd authentic jersey, crispy, out the plastic. And instead of braiding my hair straight back, I want a little different swag. I'm going to do like a side thing. I don't know. I was 12 or 13. (laughs) Um, Who braided your hair? I want to say my mom did it. A lot of times, like my mom, um, she she does hair, nails, makeup, like she's a beautician. Um, A lot of times if like If I wanted like a really intricate design, I would go somewhere. But a lot of times I was just like, my hair is long now, but it was longer when I was young. I would just like blow dry it out and then sit down for like an hour. And my mom would just part my hair and braid each one of those braids. Like that picture, I probably had 20 braids in my head. Um, I don't miss those days because you'll have a headache for the next like two hours after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard. I mean, primarily just from like white people who go to spring break and are like, yo, I braided my hair. (laughs) and It's like, but it kind (laughs) of hurts. It definitely hurts. It's someone pulling
2: from your scalp and then just like a tight braid that like, it isn't loose hanging from your head. It's a tight braid on your scalp. It's like a clamp and it's like 20 clamps on your head. Um, I don't know. I was thinking when I was going to LA, I was like, I should get some little box braids. Box braids are different. Box braids are like when you see like, Like Travis Scott has those like braids that hang or like, you know, like ASAP when they have the braids that hang and they're not like tight to their head. But um, yeah, my hair is getting long now. I got to figure out what I want to
1: do with it. I said I wasn't going to cut it till the Yankees win the World Series. So that's still on. Yeah, most of my uh, hair braiding experience is from the music video to the R. Kelly I Wish remix. But I mean, that's <laughs> pretty much <laughs> exactly. so to to, like R. We're Kelly. We're not supposed to like R. Kelly. Back in the
2: anymore. day, R. Kelly was rocking the straight back braids. Yeah. Everybody was. There was a wave when it was like R. Kelly, Lil Bow Wow, uh, every like popping rapper artist, jaw Rule. They all had straight back cornrows. There was a wave back then.
1: Well, that's when um, also Ludacris would do like he'd have to be like half Ludacris, half braided, yes. half fro, like in the music video. Yeah, but I saw that picture of you and immediately, the first thing I said, I was like, where's Wallace? <laughs> where's Have Wallace? you seen? I never really watched uh, The Wire. Uh, the Wire, but I know of it. I you. was just like, oh, that's Michael B. Jordan. Um, all right, great. Mm-hmm. So now I learned about braids. Now everyone else learned about, learned about braids. Um, and then the only other thing, CeCe Sabathia had an event yesterday. I don't know much about it, but I know uh, you do.
2: Yeah, the legacy event looked dope. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Hudson Yards, but it looks like the big like half honeycomb. Um, from where I live across the, the riv- river, you could see it like so perfectly. And I've wanted to go to the um I've wanted to go there. I think they call it the vessel at Hudson Yards, maybe. I don't know. I've wanted to go there for some Isn't reason. Isn't it just stairs? And, uh,
1: Isn't it just people walking to the top of stairs? It's really just
2: like, yeah, it's it's there's nothing I don't think like like that piece is really just for pictures. Yeah. Um we're building for the brand. I, I don't know. I haven't actually been, but all the guys, it was awesome to see our guys, you know, get dressed in their suits, have their wives with them, have their girlfriends with them. I know Twitter with the night off um, with the Yankees not playing, Twitter was all over it looking at Judge and saying, Oh, is this his ex-girlfriend? Is he back with? Some people were saying, you know, Edwin's uh girl looked good. She had the whole like poison ivy vibe
1: going, the red hair and the green. <laughs> I dress. did see someone post a picture of Gary and his wife. I just said pray for gary's groin because she looked good yeah <laughs> i mean these guys are major league baseball players mingo Sevy
2: uh glaber they all have very good looking hispanic women next to them like you're not surprised imagine um i don't know these women are from where they're from in venezuela dominican republic wherever it might be and they get to be with the champion baseball player that goes on the play for the Yankees. They're probably the hottest girl in the country. Um, I love seeing our guys doing stuff like that. I don't think they were probably drinking that much. It definitely looked like a drinking event. I saw Glaber went live when T-Pain performed. I was like, this is so random, but makes so much sense. Like T-Pain's probably boys with CeCe. Who else was out there that I saw? I don't know. It was just like a big, like a Yankee family gathering event. I had a friend that was there, um... And I saw on her Instagram she put up every single like Didi, um Andy Pettit Brett Gardner every Yankee she could get a picture with she had like ten photos straight on Instagram
1: did you see uh juicy Sevy in the all black three piece and yeah. he had Sevy was he had that thing that I don't even know what it's called but it goes from like your collar to your collar and it's like a chain that that like It's like a special kind of tie. I don't know the the name of the tie. All I know is he looked like the man in black coming to be the Grim Reaper to everyone's season. That got me fired up. That was like, he looks like like old school. We're about to duel. Like, okay, corral. You know. He
2: looked like the front of his mind was focused on Yankee Stadium and toe in the slab <laughs> i saw glaber's video and he was ducking out of glaber's video like i don't want to be on your video because he's like i want to be in the stadium i get to start tomorrow the sooner we get this thing done the better like let's go
1: yeah i think these guys are ready i mean i get it they got to do you know cece has got to have a charity event at first i was like really do we need these guys out right now but you know what let them blow off a little steam there's gonna be another day of drinking later this week then it's strap it the fuck up. Um, and that's when I, I look for really, I, this is these next two weeks, I look so much at CC's leadership of just like get it teaching these guys like how do you get ready to do this? because so many of these guys haven't done it, or there was a two thousand seventeen kind of fluke, like we weren't supposed to get as far as we were. Um, and we had to come from behind in series to to get that far. Where it's like, how do we prepare and go in there to dominate like we did in two thousand nine? I look very much for CC to bring that veteran leadership to this team right now to do that. And um, I mean, I still don't see him on the roster for the playoffs. I, just I mean, I don't care. Um,
2: and I did like even his last outing. I'm like, okay, cool. He gave us what he could give us. He knows that it is bigger than him. He talked a lot about. The DVD, right? Um, I love that. I tweeted, some, tweeted something about that. I'm like, we've been talking about the DVD. You can go back to episodes, you know, one to 10. And we were talking about the DVD because we talked about adversity and losing guys. And CC said, hey, it's going to make for a hell of a DVD. He knows that this year we are going to win the East. He knows that potentially this year we are going to be the number one team with home field advantage. He knows that there is one mission, one goal, and he wants to have a second ring on his finger. It ain't about him. So, Let's go, man. Like, it is fucking time. I'm so ready for this. Like, it's time. Keith, you got anything else for the people? Hey, I saw some new reviews. I saw some people, uh, you know, send us some reviews. That's awesome. Appreciate that. It helps. uh, Subscribe, rate, and review. You know, I'm replaced for 28, gang. Hashtag replaced for 28, because when we win this. 28th championship. The story is going to be about how many guys we had to replace and still got it, got it done. No excuses. It's not next man up. They say that in football. Detach that from us. This is replace for 28. Let's get it done. It is getting closer. Every week we do this show, this is episode 27. We got 27 championships. We're looking for 28. Let's get it, man.
1: We got a review from Till0418. This is the best Yankees podcast you forgot in the world. J.J. and Keith are very informative about what's going on with the Yankees, and they're hilarious. J.J. is, in quotes, the type of Yankee fan that no one likes, and I'm fine with that. Keith is the (laughs) lovable Yankees fan, which makes for a great podcast duo, very entertaining and funny show. If you like the Yankees, then this podcast is for you. We appreciate that. As I said, uh, we're going to try to start mixing in, reading some of those reviews, so leave us a review. You can call me mean. You can call me a bully. I don't give a shit, but if you want to follow Keith on Twitter, you could do it at Keith underscore McPherson. Follow him on Instagram at Keith McPherson. You could follow the show at George's Box Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You could follow me at JJ from the Bronx. I'm going to reiterate this to everyone. We are at the five goddamn yard line. We are right there. It is you're with us or you're against us. Last night. I saw a tweet that said what would you have someone whisper in your ear for this to happen it was a picture of goosebumps and I put in quotes and I can't do an impression of him and people got mad because I said Joe Buck but guess what MLB airs the World Series on Fox so that's what he's saying ninth inning one out away from their 28th championship 0-2 count Chapman sets I got chills saying it myself we're going to do this thing you're with us you're against us We'll see you at the parade.